Hey there, warriors. Welcome to another episode. Does it ever feel like nobody understands? They don't truly get what you're going through. And probably the reason is, is because they haven't been through it. They're not going through it. And for a lot of us, the situations that we experience, our traumas, our heartbreaks, our devastations are so horrific. They're, I mean, they're so big that most people haven't gone through it. And thank God for them that they haven't. But it leaves us in this place where we feel so lonely and isolated and different, even in a crowd of people, even surrounded by people who love you and who you love. That was me for most of if not all of my daughter, Jamie's 15 year addiction. And even in the seven and a half now years since her murder, I still feel different. I feel different than anyone in my family. And it's kind of funny. I was thinking the other day that this is the first time, well, this isn't the first time it's been going on for 23 years, but before that, I never felt like the black sheep of the family. And I know we think of black sheep as, you know, the bad person, but I mean, what I'm saying is the different the different person. You know, I just, I, I still feel very different. I am the only one in my family that had a daughter shot by an ex-boyfriend. I'm the only one in my family that has a daughter who was murdered. There's one other in my family who went through addiction, but she's doing great. Um, and so, so there are a couple people who can, can understand. But for the most part, my own family, they don't understand. And, and honestly, let's get real here. Most of them don't really care that much. I mean, I know they love me, but most of them, 99% of my own family, and I have a great family, they don't ask about me. They don't check on me. They don't um, acknowledge Jamie's birthday or her angel anniversary or anything. It's like they're just going about their lives and going on with their lives. And, and that can be tough. As a matter of fact, we have in our Warriors and Hope that we have a special group that is our sisterhood. I hope you will join us. Go to warriorsandhope.com and hit sisterhood and join us because there's some great benefits. One of them being the nine weapons of hope, which literally saved my life. And then we have these monthly warrior circles where we get on zoom and we had our first one. And actually one of my warriors is very, she was actually part of the panel that I had on with us because she's come a long way. She's worked through, she, you know, read Still Standing After All the Tears and went through the workbook. As a matter of fact, she led groups on the workbook. She's done a lot of work on herself in all sorts of different ways. So what's interesting is that in this, you know, live coaching session we were doing called Warrior Circle, she was talking about how I was talking about grief and about how we should talk about the people that that uh, are lost or, or are in heaven, we should keep them alive. And I was even talking about if somebody's in addiction, for example, they're out there and they're lost and they're sort of, sort of gone, but should, why shouldn't we talk about them outside of their addiction, who they are not under the weight of their beast? I mean, we should be talking about the real person that we know and keeping that memory alive and that person alive. We don't have to you know, put them over on a shelf or lock them in a closet. And then, gee, maybe one day when they get out of their addiction, then they can come back and people can talk about them. And so anyway, we we're having this kind of conversation and Anel started crying, which was, is not that usual for her, but I, I loved it. I thought, wow, she's really showing her heart. 
And what she said is that most people, she goes, even my own family, they don't want to talk about him. You know what I mean? And then it becomes where you feel like it's the dirty little secret. And that just isolates you further. I understand what it feels like for people not to understand. First of all, let's kind of get some things in perspective because the main thing is they can't understand. If they haven't been through something like you've been through, especially when we're talking about something like having a, a child in addiction, it, it, they don't get it. I remember being the person on the outside looking in at other people's lives. You can't see my air quotes, can you? At those kind of people and thinking, wow, whoa, those kind of people who raised those kids, you know, what, what kind of family did they come from? Oh, they must be bad moms. I did all that. I made those assumptions. I didn't understand. I hadn't been there. So we have to remember they're doing the same thing. And we have to give people a little grace because we know what that feels like to be that person who didn't understand. But it, for us to think that, that certain people should understand, we have to remember it would be like you dropping on to, into a foreign country. No, how about a planet, a different planet? No one looks like you. No one's speaking English. You don't speak their language. The customs are different. Even the gestures. You know, I remember being in, um, in France and I don't speak French. I, I can speak a little bit of Spanish and it seemed like even though they could speak English, a lot of them didn't really want to. And so, but there, I, you know, you can kind of say enough and there are certain things, gestures and looks you can give people and kind of get by, but in this foreign land, none of that, it, it doesn't work. None of that. You literally can't communicate. Then you run into some people who seem really nice. I mean, they seem like super nice people and they seem like they want to help you, but you have no way to communicate. And so that's kind of how we have to look at it, that people, they just don't understand. And people are, are caught up in their own lives. And we were talking about this this week because as I'm recording, this is the week of Jamie's birthday. And we were talking about how most people in the family don't acknowledge, I mean, the vast majority of them don't even acknowledge it and how, you know, it, it feels like they're just being self-centered and, 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 you know, selfish. And, and you know what? In a way, people really are. They are. That's being kind of selfish, really. If you love people, shouldn't you care about what they care about? Shouldn't you be there to be supportive? Shouldn't you try to understand? I mean, I do think we should have certain expectations of people in our relationships. Really, I do. So I don't want to give people a complete, you know, get out of jail free card here and say, oh, well, you know, they shouldn't have to try to understand baloney. You know, there's certain, something about common decency and, and, and caring about people and, and sacrificing. And, and I know it's difficult. You know, people are uncomfortable talking about addiction. I was, I would have been very uncomfortable talking about it. I would have been uncomfortable talking with someone about their daughter being shot by her boyfriend and thinking, whoa, whoa, what kind of people are these? And then of course, murder. No, that's Dateline in 48 hours. I would have been uncomfortable. But when we're talking about relationships and people that love us and we love them and there's all, I mean, shouldn't we step outside of our comfort zone? Shouldn't we grab some courage? Shouldn't we go the extra mile? I mean, shouldn't we be willing to risk whatever it is that you feel uncomfortable about? I remember when um, my kids were younger and specifically Sean and somebody would died in somebody's life and Sean would go, I don't want to talk to them. I don't want to call them. I don't know what to say. Nobody knows what to say. But the point is say something. Say, I don't know what to say. 
So you get my point that we shouldn't just give people, you know, a complete pass on this. I'm sorry, but people need to step up to the plate. But getting angry with them or, you know, making them feel guilty isn't going to be the way probably to do it. I, I think that we have to help them understand, first of all, that it's okay because I think what happens a lot is that people are afraid to say something to you about your situation because they don't want to make you sad. They don't want to bring up something that could make you feel, you know, more grief. The thing that people have to understand is it's not like we forgot and you bringing it up makes us go, oh my gosh, I totally forgot. I have my son's an addiction and oh, I totally forgot. My heart's been shattered into a million pieces. Oh, I completely forgot my daughter's in heaven. Nobody's forgetting this, right? So we have to help them understand that you're not bringing it up and making me feel bad. It helps me to feel like you care. And even if I cry, even if I, it, it causes me to shed some tears, that's okay. I must need some tears. You know, and I think that on the other end of the spectrum, there are certain people that that's all they want to talk about. And, and my friend Annelle told me that, that that was her. No wonder she said nobody wanted to talk to me. They'd run because all she wanted to talk about was her son in addiction. And that became, you know, too much. So obviously we walk kind of a tightrope when we're in these situations. We don't want to dump our stuff on people all the time because because they're dealing with their own stuff. And even though I said, yes, we should have certain expectations and relationships, we definitely should. But we also have to remember something. Everybody is living with some type of a beast. Everybody. Nobody is exempt. Okay. I mean, when the big beast stood up and said, okay, I'm here to seek and destroy and really mess this world up. He didn't go, but I'm only going to pick on this person and that person. No, he's like, full-on annihilation. And our beasts are all kind of different. It just depends. They're always going to come at us with something very personal. But each person, I don't care what it looks like on the outside, everybody's got some beast that is picking away at them. So we have to kind of understand too, as we're hoping other people will understand our situation, we have to understand that that a lot of people are living with a beast and they don't realize it. Most people, they just, you know, go about their life. And so you kind of have a leg up on them in that you are trying to work on it. You're trying to battle your beast. You're trying to make some changes in your life and help yourself be stronger and find something good that can come out of this terrible situation you found yourself in. And a lot of people aren't where you are. And so once again, that even makes you feel different, right? It makes you feel kind of like an outsider. So I guess I would say that in a way, I do feel like an outsider in my own family. So this is interesting. My One of my brothers came to town recently. It was just the week, week before, last week, I guess, or week before. And, and it, somehow it came up that, and I wasn't really saying it in a way that like, no one cares in my own family. It was just in conversation. It really was more of an observation because I don't let myself get all uptight about it. I just think it's kind of sad that they haven't found a way to, to be more generous with their heart and their time and, and putting something on a calendar to remember something simple. Uh, but anyways, he said, well, I, I hope you don't think that's me. I hope you think I do ask. And, and I had to be honest. And I said, no, you really don't. Um, his wife does. She never forgets, ever always. There's always some kind of flowers that arrive on Jamie's birthday or her angel anniversary. But I said, no, not really. And, and, and I think it was an eye opener. We didn't, it wasn't any kind of combative way, 
But what's interesting is then on Jamie's birthday, I got a text from him. And what was kind of cool is he, he said, you know, it was a sad day, but here's something funny. And he talked about something really funny when Jamie was a baby. And it wasn't something I had even remembered. And I thought, what a gift I gave him. What a gift I gave him by letting him know that this is what I need. Because part of me doesn't want to tell people. Well, not part of me. Most of me doesn't want to tell people, here's what you really should do. Because then I feel like they're just doing it because I said so. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, I used to say that with Rich. He'd go, well, okay, I'll do this then. Because you told me. And I go, well, no, I don't want you to. Right? <laughs> if I had to tell you. But when he did that, I knew why he did it. But because he went a step further and said a funny story about Jamie, I thought, wow, that was kind of a gift that I gave him because he got to remember something funny about Jamie. He didn't have to think, oh, I better, you know, talk to Val about Jamie because, oh, the, you know, she died and she was in addiction and all this terrible stuff. He got to remember her under the weight of her beast, who that person really is without that beast. So I think that was a gift. So I ho hopefully that perspective might help you to feel like you could have some of these conversations with people in this way, because I think we have an opportunity. I always believe that, that something good can always come always out of bad. Everything can be used for good. And this is one of the things that we can do. We can help other people to understand and to learn. They're not going to completely understand because they haven't been through it and they're not going to hopefully. And so you don't expect that but there might be just a little nugget we can give them to help them. So just remember, they're never going to be comfortable because you weren't before this was your life. But like I said, let's have certain expectations of people. And I think, you know, lastly, I would say is to find someone, at least one person or a tribe of people who do understand. That's why I created Warriors and Hope, but more specifically, even the sisterhood so that we could get more into a heart centered place and we could connect more deeply um, and give people access to the nine weapons of hope. So I would go to warriorsandhope.com and connect with people like us, because even if our stories are not completely like yours, we do understand how it feels to be different. We do understand that other people don't get it. And so we do get it. We get the ongoing pain of trauma. We do get the, the type of trauma that didn't just happen with one incident, but it's an ongoing thing. And so I think it's important for you, whoever you find, make sure they're like-minded in that way. They're looking to fight. They're looking to battle that beast. They are looking to stand up. They're looking to find some good out of what has happened. They're working on themselves and saying, wow, I'm going to use this and find a better version of myself because of this. So on Jamie's birthday, we did pretty well. We had a birthday party, you know, just me and Sean and, and Jamie and Jamie. Yes, Jamie was there, <laughs> me and Rich and Nikki and Sean. We just had, you know, Sean had some meetings that day and typically he takes the day off, but he had these important meetings. So he came late. We just, it was a late, it was a, a short dinner. We had a birthday cake and all this. We did fine. The next day I was feeling a little out of sorts and Sean was really, he took the day off. He, he needs that. He has a very hard time. He, all of his guilt comes back over kind of dismissing his sister as he feels. And he was just feeling really, really super emotional. He gets angry at the guy that took her life and took her from us and didn't allow her to get out from underneath the weight of that beast. And, you know, that comes crashing in on him. And we were having these, these text conversations actually, because I know he was very emotional. 
on his end. And in the end, after we talked through it, he said, Jamie gave me a gift. She makes me want to be a better person. It wasn't just her death. It was us watching her in her addiction with her beast, how she was never judgmental, how she always loved and forgave easily. And, 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 and because her death, because her life was taken from her, because of this hole in his heart, because of this horrific thing that has happened in his life and beginning when he was 16 years old and he's even younger than that. But the first time she was shot, you know, a, a very young person having his only sibling sibling taken from him. But look what he's taking from this, you guys. He's saying that she gave me a gift and I want to be a better man because of it. See, everything can be used for good. Find something good that can come out of it. And that is really the best role model that you can be for everyone. The best way that you can show people is by being. You know that old saying that says, don't do what I say, do what I do. Be that role model. Be that person. I understand what it feels like to not have people understand. But let's find some way to help people understand by standing up and fighting, finding that courage, demonstrating that it's possible to become more not in spite of what's happened to you, but because of it. I hope you'll join me in the Warriors and Hope Sisterhood. You're not alone. I'm standing right there with you.